need to be resilient. You're going to get a lot of no's as a small company or as a, as a startup company. And really you have to be resilient in terms of going, going out and prospecting, trying to get as many of the meetings as you need to get in order to, to get to the yes. Hello, and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Caroline Jewell. Today, we take you to our recent collaboration and skills summit. We brought together a panel of industry experts to share their tips and experiences on how to maximise virtual partnering meetings at biotech conferences. You'll hear from Colin Denver, CEO of SpeedX, an Australian diagnostics company developing tests for infectious diseases, including COVID-19. Since Colin took the reins at SpeedX, the company has raised $60 million and locked in major global partnerships. So he has plenty of helpful tips for success. Now let's cross to MTP Connect's Managing Director and CEO, Dr. Dan Grant, to kick off the session. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the lands on which we all meet today and pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging. I'd also like to acknowledge any other Indigenous or Torres Strait Island elders who may be with us today. The title of today's webinar is Partnering for Success, How to Maximize Virtual Partnering Meetings. Today, we'll explore how to partner effectively at virtual conferences when seeking to form new partnerships or find funding or, or build collaborations. So we're very fortunate to begin um, this part of the session with um, the CEO of SpeedX, Colin Denver, who spent more than 20 years working in the life science and diagnostic fields and has now led SpeedX in their commercial expansion across Australia, Europe, and the US. SpeedX is a privately owned Australian molecular diagnostic company that developed world-leading in vitro diagnostic tests for infectious diseases and antimicrobial resistance. The company was awarded funding by MTP Connects Biomedical Translation Bridge Program to commercialize its Resistance Plus test and to create a rapid test for risk-based management of COVID-19, influenza, and other severe respiratory diseases. Um, so Colin, thank you very much for joining us. Um, please take us through your case study. Thank you, Dan. So yeah, I really, uh, I mean, this session I think is is coming at a fantastic time. Uh, obviously, we've, we've gone through you know significant change in terms of trying to partner with, uh, with organizations both here in Australia and, and indeed globally. And I think um, I really want to you know, say thank you to MTP Connect for obviously the chance to speak today. The really interesting thing is, is you know, both from the buy side and, and uh, from the, the sell side, I think many of the messages are, are exactly the same in terms of what I, I want to share with you. And by no means that my one disclaimer is, by no means am I an expert on learning uh, every day in terms of how to, to get better at this. Uh, so to give you a little bit of uh, background on the company, um, SpeedX is a molecular diagnostic company, as, as said. Uh, I'll run you through sort of our journey to get to this phase, but um, my role is, uh, is CEO. I've been CEO for just on five years. Um, my background is science, but actually my career has been in sales. And to say that, that virtual, uh, virtual meetings and life is is a transition for me. It, it has been probably the hardest year in, in adapting my, I guess, my routines, my my schedules, my uh, the way I, I normally operate um, to what this new normal is. And I think there's there's a, a couple of tips. Hopefully, I can share with others that are are 
are looking to um, to to maximize opportunities in this in this time, or indeed just to to um, to, to survive. Uh, in terms of our our company. Um, as Dan mentioned, we're, we're a molecular diagnostic company, which means we uh, specialize in PCR and, and our technology that we have is, is uh, transformational when it comes to PCR. For those of you that don't know PCR, it is basically the, the technology that underpins most of the coronavirus testing that goes on today. So to say that the last 12 months has been uh, busy for us here at SpeedX is, is probably the understatement of the, of the century so far. Uh, we've had, you know, numerous opportunities both local and especially globally that that have uh, necessitated uh, virtual meetings partnering sessions and many of the things that, that i'll talk you through but before we do i just wanted to give you sort of the background on speedx in terms of who who we are and uh, hopefully pre present some uh, some some background that that might be helpful as well so SpeedX is actually a, a spin out of Johnson & Johnson. So there was a, a local um, Sydney-based research facility um, that uh, shut down in 2008. But uh, as part of their, their wonderful program, they allowed the, the key technologies uh, invented by uh, two fabulous ladies, Alison uh, Todd and Elisa McCartney, to, to spin out with uh, support from two local VCs. Really uh, keyed off our, our sort of our beginning part of our company, which was uh, in partnering uh, with uh, with other organizations and enabling them to use our technology. So a licensing phase, uh, the two most notable being with uh, Illumina and, uh, and Biocardis, an oncology company based out of Belgium. Uh, when I joined the company, it was at a time of transition that um, the company had to, to move from licensing to uh, selling products. Uh, and my background in sales uh, <clears throat> was also uh, I think very necessary in, in what was uh, 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 an extensive period of, of capital raising. Uh, and again, I think, you know, coming from the, the seller side of the equation here, I, I have a couple of, of different perspectives in terms of uh, how many meetings you should, you should be organizing if you're looking to raise money. And my answer would be, uh, you are continually going to be uh, looking for meetings until you've actually uh, raised all the money that you're looking for. And even once you have all the money that you're looking for, you probably should still uh, keep taking those meetings or looking for those meetings. Because I think that you know, ultimately what you think you need generally isn't. Ultimately, how quickly you think the money is going to come is never the, the right answer. And really, when it comes down to it, it's all about it's all about relationships. So more relationships you're able to create, the greater your chances of success. So if you look at the, the last um, five years for SpeedX, we've had some significant achievements, uh, a lot of them overseas, uh, and we've partnered with some of the, um, the, the largest global companies in infectious disease. So from Cepheid to GlaxoSmithKline, to Roche and to LabCorp, as well as uh, a number of others that we'll be announcing later this year. You know, we have uh, just over a hundred um, people in the company now, and, and we've raised over the last um, the last five years, we've raised just over 60 million Australian dollars. So it is more expensive than you think. And I think, you know, having these partnering meetings, you need to get out there as soon as you can. So what I wanted to talk to you about was obviously the, the theme of the meeting, which is, is what, what do you need to do to adapt your, um, your style or your approach when it comes to these new virtual meetings? Obviously, there's there's many different kinds of virtual meetings. You've got the you know the roundtables, the partnering meetings, but really, what I want to say as well is is pretty much every 
every meeting that you have that's uh, international is a virtual meeting. So this could be, you know, to create partnerships, to raise money, to, to do any number of different things. So I really think as a focus, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a small company, you really have to come up with a strategy on how you're going to address this, because this really is the situation for the next, you know, one to three years, depending on, on, on when you think international travel is going to come back. Give you my background. I basically to get us to you know sixty million dollars in capital raised, and all of the deals that that you see there. I basically spent um, prior to the pandemic, at least uh, once a month. I was I was traveling internationally. So to now have to replace that with virtual meetings, it, it is obviously easier on the home life and the fact that you're not traveling. But it does actually take a lot more effort in terms of organizing yourself and your and your team to be ready to to uh, to meet with these uh, potential partners. So before we go into what's what's the new um, the new things you have to consider with virtual meetings, I wanted to talk about what's the same. And and really, I think ultimately what we should be thinking about in these virtual meetings. And again, as a small company, something I think you really need to think about. And this is just my own experience is really setting your goals and expectations uh, appropriately. Obviously having a, uh, a path of what you, you think you need to do in terms of getting to the next meeting is, is, a good, is a good approach. But really, I would like to go even back to the, to the first part is, is getting a meeting is, is actually a huge achievement for any small company. So I think the problem we have is, is we always want to skip to the end and I'm probably the worst at this is, but I think we need to celebrate even, even the smallest of the small. Uh, you know, in, in getting, you know, a potential partner to accept a meeting, whether it be a, a, a funder or a, a potential partner, I think that's, that's really something that you need, to, you need to focus on. Doing your homework is supremely important. I think you need to know who is going to that meeting, why they're in that, in that room, and, and ultimately, you know, trying to put yourself in their shoes of what they're trying to look for is really important. The other thing I think you have to you have to understand is is you know a little bit I mean it sounds a, a little bit um, creepy in a way but you have to find a way to to connect with them on a personal level and people buy from people they like or people buy from people is another way to say that so you have to find a way to make a connection and again sitting in a meeting with you know 55 slides and only two minutes to discuss is not the right is not the right approach you have to find a way to create a personal connection with either a, a potential funder or a potential customer or a potential partner because ultimately they're going to remember that and i think that's something that hasn't changed whether you're in a face-to-face -face meeting or in a in a virtual meeting i think the only thing that the virtual meetings have created is is a is a a different sort of dynamic that you have to navigate um, I think this is just a general rule that makes makes that I tell myself uh, every day, especially you know from a sales background, is you, you need to be resilient. You're going to get a lot of no's as a small company or as a as a startup company, and really you have to be resilient in terms of going going out and prospecting, trying to get as many of the meetings as you need to get in order to to get to the yes. So and and that yes could be again if you go back to the the first point that yes could be will we'll agree to meet with you or, or ultimately, you know, wherever you hope to get. When I first went to JP Morgan, <clears throat> I think I, I had about 160 meetings across the three days. It was, it was exhausting and they were all pre-booked and they were all whatever. So, and what I found that the subsequent years, I think I went, I've been five years now, 
subsequent years is I deliberately left space in in my agenda because most of the meetings that were probably the best were actually ad hoc ones that you you meet with someone they say you know what you you've got something you really should talk to these guys or those guys and I think that's the same as as any in-person meeting it's the <clears throat> yeah what you think is going to happen is definitely not what generally happens uh, you always hope but it generally doesn't and I think those informal ad hoc meetings that you're able to establish face to face I really don't know how you can replicate that in a virtual setting but if you could you know we we would sign up straight away I think the other thing you have to 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 think about in in the resilience piece is is when people whether it's virtual or otherwise when people pass on on your opportunity it's not always you or it's not you or it's not always you is the way to think about it is many times they have they have um, set criteria that, that you may not fit exactly in or the timing is not indeed right or sometimes you haven't actually done your homework and and it was never going to be right in the first time but I think that also plays into into the resilience piece the last part is you know this is from from the last six years of, of, of working in speedex we 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 often joke in our company is, is, you know, it's taken us 12 years to be an overnight success. And that's absolutely true. It's not easy. You've got to work hard and it does take a significant amount of time. But again, I think if you follow the resilience path in, in trying to generate these virtual meetings, I think that's something that you have to remember to, to, to keep on. When we look at what are the, what is the new in terms of these virtual meetings, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I, uh, have flagged, especially when we look at these sort of virtual forums and, and these virtual forums where, where you're trying to partner with groups and you may have a virtual booth that you've set up and, you know, people may come or people may not come. Where you might have been in a face-to-face -face standing, uh, standing in, a, in a conference center or an exhibition hall and you're able to um, locate the people that you want to talk to or go out and grab somebody, really that doesn't happen anymore in a virtual setting. So, you need to be organized in terms of the people that may be coming to this meeting or indeed go out and invite them to this meeting if you think that this is a good place to, uh, to connect with them. I think that, yeah, from a sales point of view, generally salespeople are, are not the most organized folks uh, on the planet. And I think what this sort of new normal from a, from a virtual meeting point of view has done is, is really um, hone down the the organization from a from a selling point of view and by selling you know we're not just talking about products we're, we're selling a meeting we're selling a connection we're selling a, a potential partnership so we really have to be organized on and focused on who we're trying to attract and why we're trying to attract them I think the new normal is is what used to happen prior to coronavirus is not necessarily the way it is today and I think this has been most evident in in our space within the infectious disease space because you know, 18 years in, in selling in, in infectious diseases, things were always done a certain way. And I have to say in the last 12 months, that's not the case. So I would say if you have preconceived notions on how things should go, I wouldn't necessarily put them into to most of the situations that you would face today. And again, I think because it's virtual and because it can be hard to get in front of these people, again, if you have an ask that you want to, to get to the meeting, um, make sure you you put it out there because the worst that they can say is is no. And if you're if you're prepared for that and you're resilient enough to accept it, then you may as well ask. The, the next one I think is is talking a little bit about the tools that are available at the moment. 
uh, in connecting and doing your research. Um, so LinkedIn, I think has been discussed is, is a great place to do your research on, on who you might want to find. I think if you're looking to do uh, any type of partnership deal with a corporate um, entity, LinkedIn is essential. So I've been using it for many years. And to be honest, most of our large deals that we've got currently coming through Speedex have actually come from LinkedIn connections that we've made over the years. The second aspect I think is something a little less um, defined, but what I found really useful is WhatsApp. So the way people respond to emails and the way people respond to WhatsApp messages I've found to be very different. And I think when you're talking about people buying from people and building rapport, in these types of situations, a WhatsApp message is often a great way to, to try to, um, you know, share those personal stories about yourself or get, you know, get the information that you're, you're looking to, to convey out there, but not in a, in a formal email setting, which may or may not be um, viewed in the same way. Obviously, it's, it's kind of difficult to uh, cold call somebody and ask them for their WhatsApp um, their WhatsApp uh, ID. But again, if it's a goal that you might have in, in some of these virtual meetings, I think it's a, it's a, a strategy that you will see uh, plays out very well in the future. Lastly, I just wanted to say, um, you know, the, the three things that, that I've always operated by are, you know, be nice. I think that's one of the key things that you, you, you should do generally as a, when you're, you're looking to sell uh, anything, honestly. Um, Second thing is you really need to know your products better than, than anybody else. So when you're asked a question saying that you're gonna get back and get back to them, that's not really what you should do if they're your products. And the last one is, is do what you say you're gonna do. I think if you say you're gonna send a, send a follow-up email, send a presentation, send some data, just make sure that, that you actually do that. I think that's the, the keys. So again, thank you guys for the time. I hope, I hope some of the uh, information was useful. That was Colin Denver, CEO of Speedex, sharing his top tips for navigating virtual partnering events. This has been the MTP Connect podcast. Until next time.